An estimated 2 million students in the U.S. play in middle and high school marching bands. Seems pretty safe, but is there an unexpected danger that parents should be concerned about? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey is here with a look. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Dr. Brian Flygor is the Chief Audiology Officer at Lantos Technologies Incorporated in the Boston area. Before that, he was the longtime Director of Diagnostic Audiology at Children's Hospital Boston. Brian, most parents are aware of the dangers of listening to earbuds that are too loud, but not very many would think there are hearing dangers from being in the school band. Tell us about that. Well, our hear sees sound as sound, regardless of whether it's an iPod or it's a jackhammer or it's gunfire. If the sound is relatively loud, it's loud enough that you really have to speak very loudly to be heard over it. That means that it's potentially dangerous to the ear and it can do damage. Now, are bands getting louder these days, or has this always been a problem? It's always been a problem. To some extent, there has been an increase in the interest and the competition with some of the marching bands. It is finally coming around to have its day of light in the sun, so to speak. That we know this causes hearing loss, this causes hearing loss, and guess what? Participation in marching band. If you do this long enough, in terms of hours per week and as far as years of participation, it can put some people at risk. Well, you decide if you do it long enough. What is the amount of time where it becomes a danger? You know, it depends from person to person. It's hard to nail that down sometimes.、It、depends on the instrument that you're playing as well. For instance, percussion, especially snare drum as well as cymbals, that's an especially concerning instrument because the actual peak levels that those can get up to are very, very high. If you're down in front, say a flute player or a clarinet player, your own instrument isn't necessarily going to do the damage. However, if you're sitting in front of a brass section, it's the instruments right behind you that are going to do it. It's very hard to pin down exactly how long. It's going to take before the damage is done. More important is just to kind of have a level of awareness and get things checked out at the beginning and then periodically to see if anything is in fact happening to your hearing. I understand some experts have made measurements of band levels overall in comparison to other loud sounds. Can you give just an example of that? Well, it's pretty typical for marching bands, especially if they're practicing inside in some enclosed space, for the levels to be well over 100 decibels. And 100 decibels is relatively loud, but it's not uncomfortably loud if it's something that you enjoy doing, if it's something that's enjoyable to you. By the best standards that we have for what causes hearing loss, we know that you can be exposed to 100 decibels safely up to about 15 minutes, but then over 15 minutes, it's a bit of a concern. You don't want to be exposed to 100 decibels for half an hour, day after day after day. If you were to do that over a course of months to years, then we could start to see some subtle decreases in hearing, and that of course can lead to permanent hearing loss that may interfere with your ability to communicate and result in you needing to use hearing aids when you're in your 40s to 50s, as opposed to not needing them till you're in your 60s or 70s. Are there any simple warning signs that a young person can recognize when they could be at risk of hearing loss? Well, a fair amount of people—not everybody, but a fair amount of people—do experience ringing in the ears when they've been overexposed to loud sound, and that's that constant "wee" that is in your ears that you hear and other people don't. That's called tinnitus or tinnitus. As well, you also may experience a little muffling in your hearing. So, if a student experiences either one of those, it really would behoove them to say something to their parents and then go and see an audiologist to have their hearing checked out and discuss strategies for reducing their risk for noise-induced hearing. 
hearing loss. In most cases, are those effects, tinnitus or other effects, temporary or are they permanent? Well, they start off temporary. It's one of these things, kind of like a sunburn, so to speak. You're overexposed and given a little bit of time, it's going to get better and you'll be okay. Once you do it often enough, though, you can end up with some permanent damage. And that permanent damage really is just that. You can't make it go away. And as far as protection that students can wear during band practice, is that something they need to see an audiologist about, or can they just get ordinary earplugs that they would take to a NASCAR race, for example? Well, it's a tough one. It's a relatively complicated point of whether or not you can actually use earplugs when you're practicing an instrument because the use of those earplugs will change how you are playing because you're not hearing yourself as well. I really would recommend people at least having a conversation with an audiologist about that and with their band instructor about whether or not this is something that they can do. Possibly what may make more sense is changing up what kinds of music passages are being played, varying it from loud sections to soft sections, and maybe taking a few more listening breaks. Dr. Brian Flygore, Chief Audiology Officer at Lantos Technologies in the Boston area. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. That's it for this week's edition of InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago. You can listen to past episodes of InfoTrack at TalkZone.com. Special thanks this week to our contributors, Lisa G. and Roy Mackey. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. We invite you to join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.